What's up guys, Cameron here. I know it's been a while, but I'm happy to welcome you all back to another edition of Tinseltown Thunderdome. Before we get started, I want to first acknowledge that in our previous episode, we said this next episode would be on gangster films. After much discussion, we've decided to shelve that subject for now. We apologize for not delivering on our promise. We hope to tackle that subject one day, but we've got an equally interesting topic for y'all today. Each episode, We pick a genre, director, or theme, and have the top movies from that category square off in a deathmatch tournament to see which film emerges victorious. Battles in the Thunderdome are fast, rough, and looking for the kill. We don't have time to cover all the fascinating facts, controversies, and mysteries about these films, but we tried to distill them for the purposes of each matchup. For new listeners, a quick rundown of the show. We start with the top eight MCU movies, also known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, rank ordered based on the average of their Rotten Tomatoes percentages and IMDb scores. We're doing something a little new this time. Instead of doing the flash voting round on air, we did it before the episode. The three of us voted on the first round of films to narrow the top eight films to our four finalists. Avengers Endgame, Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, and Avengers Infinity War. Matt's here. What's up, man? What's up? Avengers Assemble. On this episode, we'll be doing something a little new. We have a special guest judge. Joining us today is Catherine. What's up, Catherine? What's up, girl? (laughs) What's up? (laughs) Catherine, are you excited to be on the Thunderdome? Yeah, I'm excited. I love Marvel. I'm a little nervous, but let's run it. Matt, can you explain how the movies are ranked from the start? Sure. As most of you know, Rotten Tomatoes aggregates critics' reviews to give moviegoers a sense of what critics as a whole think about the film. IMDb, on the other hand, lets its visitors vote on the quality of a movie on a 1-10 to scale. To avoid biases, we've left our ranking system in the hands of critics, the Rotten Tomatoes, and general audiences through IMDb. It is not a perfect system, but one we think is agreeable. So we use that rank order of the films to seed the movies one through eight and pit them against each other in a March Madness style tournament, 1v8, 2v7, and so on. We'll start the Thunderdome by announcing our round of four matchups, as well as take a moment to mourn the movies that didn't make it. Then we'll move on to the round of four matchups where we'll debate the films as they square off to see which two will move on to the final showdown. The last movie standing is crowned the MCU champion. And since there are three of us, we'll never have a tie. Now, Matt, can you give us a brief intro into the world of the MCU? Absolutely. Superheroes run this tinsel town. At this point, we take it for granted. Back in 2008, when the first Iron Man kicked off the long interconnected Infinity Saga with a post-credit teaser alluding to the Avengers Initiative, it was impossible for me or any audience to imagine the 22-film patchwork of nested stories that would emerge to form the Marvel Cinematic Universe and solidify the superhero genre as the most dominant storytelling device used today. But here we are nearly 14 years later with Thanos now in ashes. Spoiler. 
And it's hard to imagine our world without these Marvel heroes on the big screen. Disney and Marvel have conquered Thanos. Double down on our spoiler. And popular culture. But which MCU film will run the Infinity Gauntlet with the Thunderdome to emerge victorious? Okay, now very briefly, let's mourn any films that didn't make it to the final four. Well, I think first we should mourn Aaron, who's no longer with us. But don't worry, audiences, just for this episode, he's alive and well, just gallivanting with the Knights Templar. But um, uh, he's he's not dead. I have a couple movies. Yeah, go for it. Um, might be a little bit of a controversial opinion, but Guardians Volume 2, favorite, favorite, like, movie. Wow. Like Whoa. it more than Volume 1. Like it really. More than know. any of the top eight in the Thunderdome. I mean, I'm not going to give that away yet. I feel like I need to hold my cards close. Okay, so for now, you'll say it's your favorite that isn't involved in the Thunderdome. Yeah, I watched it first um, before Volume 1, and I don't know, it like really got me into the Marvel Universe. Love me some Groot. So I don't know, I was really sad it didn't even make it into the top eight. A lot of people loved it. It was polarizing, but yeah. <laughs> Matt, what about you? I'm wearing uh, Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. though I voted against it. It was just a... It, in that particular matchup, I mean, against against Black Panther, I it couldn't make it, but it's in my top four. I was not expecting anything out of the third Thor installment. At the time, I mean, I'm, I'm behind the times. I didn't know who Taika Waititi was, and this was just four years ago, so bad on me as, as, a, as a film fan. Yeah, I really enjoyed the film. I would probably bring that to my desert island if I was allowed two or three films. And uh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I um, would like to mourn Thor, the Dark World. Um, It was an understood masterpiece. (laughs) No, no, no. Jokes. It would be Thor Ragnarok. It is so enjoyable. And yeah, it's unfortunate that it was paired with Black Panther or else I think it would have gone gone far in the Thunderdome. It was a close vote for me, actually, between those two. So this would probably be a good time for us to reveal the results of the flash voting round that we had behind the scenes Matt, do you mind letting the audience know the results of that flash voting? Number one seed Avengers Endgame beat number eight seed Captain America Civil War. Number seven seeded Avengers Infinity, Infinity War knocked off number two Iron Man. Number six seed Black Panther beat number three Thor Ragnarok. And number four Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 beat number five The Avengers, the first one, which is not the official name, but you know what I mean. Um, so that leaves us with four and i've kind of scrambled the order for you in 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 the style of a non-marvel movie those are our four films and we have some intense pairings okay so yes matt would you like to introduce our first matchup our first matchup is avengers endgame which was the number one seed versus guardians of the galaxy which is the number four seed endgame after the devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins. With the help of the remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to reverse Thanos' actions and restore balance to the universe. Number four, Guardians of the Galaxy. A group of intergalactic criminals 
must pull together to stop a fanatical warrior with plans to purge the universe. So there we have it. We have Endgame versus Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll start off with Guardians of the Galaxy since it's the four seed. It was the first major experiment. It was a relatively unknown and far less popular comic thread. They gave it to a indie darling in James Gunn to direct it. And I think people were hesitant on whether this would be a success or not and how it would be integrated in the the bigger picture of the MCU but it seems as though it turned out to be a massive success and proved a lot of people wrong. And these are some of the most interesting characters in the MCU. What do you think about it, Catherine? No, I agree. Like, I love the characters in Guardians. I love getting to see all the different planets and cultures, just cinematically space. It, it's pretty to look at. And it's just a really <laughs> funny movie. Uh, I really enjoyed Guardians. Volume right. 1. Yeah. Although I like Volume 2 more. In the overall MCU plot-wise, this opened up the whole, I guess, Marvel cinematic, whatever it was, to become a universe. And this is where we get our first real substantial introduction to Thanos. But when I saw the movie at the time, I had no idea. I mean, I, I didn't know what the Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity Saga was or anything like that. Uh, when I saw the trailer for this film, I was intrigued, but not enough to even want to see it. I was like, oh, really? okay. I liked, I was like, I like the soundtrack. That's what is this? This seems really random. Mm. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, a home run. I had zero expectations, just kind of a weird curiosity. And yeah. I think it was a, a pivotal moment, not only story-wise in terms of what it introduced with the Infinity Saga, but it was pivotal in that if it didn't work, I don't know how they would have adjusted going forward because it all kind of hinged on this movie. I know it was just like an introduction, but I mean, man, the Guardians of the Galaxy really set the tone going forward. And this has to do with so many different things, not just story-wise and plot-wise, but James Gunn has a great visual eye. And in my opinion, I think he set the tone visually and just the tone in general. So yeah, it was a, it was a massive accomplishment. And I think James Gunn is, I mean, it's not revelatory to say this and i'm not the first person to say it but i think james gunn is hugely responsible for the success of the mcu i agree and warners knows it and they, they're trying to replicate it as we speak <laughs> right. with you know the suicide squad to peacemaker and then i also want to just comment on the I, I i think we've already sort of hinted at this but the really eclectic cast of characters all of which i was unfamiliar with just fascinating. I know it's in the comics, but what a brave decision to invest in a group of people like a tree and a <laughs> raccoon. It was just, it's awesome. I, I, I admire it so much. I think that's why, like, I love the characters so much too. Like, why, why do, why is Groot a tree my favorite character in the Marvel universe? I don't know. For some reason, I didn't know anything about the Marvel comics. Like, I'm late on the Marvel train, watched like a lot of the movies on airplanes too have seen almost n none of them in theaters, but guardians was like my first love love well, it was like the first one that I really got into. And then Iron yeah. Man, like it really brought me into the, into the Marvel universe and they're, they're my OG characters. I, I love them. They're, they're weird and they're goofy and they're funny and lovable and yeah. nuanced. <laughs> hey, yeah. I think there's intergenerational appeal too. I mean, I know like, um, my five-year-old 
is super intrigued. He hasn't seen Guardians. He's been on the ride at, at, at Disney California Adventure, not not an advertisement. <laughs> he he like he's aware. He's had a rocket raccoon stuffed animal since he's two, so he's, he's tangentially aware. And immediately, anytime anything with Guardians comes up, he's fascinated. And, and um, I mean, just um, I have a friend who I won't name whose kids also really like Guardians as well. It's it's kind of an un, an entree film for 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 the young ones. Totally. Um, and also, but like, you know, older folks, really all generations have something to, to, to glean from it. Totally. Okay, so let's move on to the other film of the matchup, which is Endgame, of course. The sheer ability to stick a landing that required so much to go into it was just phenomenal. You know, this was 14 years in the making. What was it, like 21 different movies? However many movies there were leading up to Endgame. 21, yeah. Yeah, however many uh, storylines and characters, all who or whom (laughs) needed their arcs to be realized and concluded or continued. It was just a, a real feat of storytelling. So in, in practical terms, I just have to tip my hat off to them, but not even just in practical terms, uh, the ability to juggle all the different storylines within a contained film and to have it feel organic and to unfold as a normal story would, as opposed to something that felt like a chore, um, or felt tedious in any way. I have seen many films, especially ones that are established IP or a part of franchises where you can feel the movie doing the work that keeps the audience understanding the plot. And at no point did I feel that in either Infinity War or Endgame. Of course, that's just me personally. I think I have heard people say it can be a bit exposition heavy. But for me, it it unfolded very smoothly and organically. So I I just had to tip my hat off to, to those like two huge accomplishments. I'm in awe. I mean, uh, after, you know, decades of disappointment in finales, um, with some exceptions, um, you know, just lost Game of Thrones, a lot of different, you know, it's like, it's it's really hard to stick a landing and they were very ambitious. There's a lot going on. I think it's, it's a rewatchable finale. Yeah. And, and just even decisions like having Paul Rudd's Ant-Man being your guide in the beginning. It's like, can't really have a much better guide and and you know just sort of the every person going through and the small guy or whatever and, and then even having his very superpower or mechanical superpower or whatever it is be the way that they figure out how to go back in time even just as far as time heists go it was clever i mean <laughs> everything heist. about it's clever yeah time is, it's a small genre but it's an important one well, no, Catherine, go ahead. Give us give us your initial thoughts on Endgame. <laughs> well, I feel like that last fight scene just, like, speaks for itself. Like, the, my heart swells every time. Like, you just are so happy to see all the characters return. And the moment they all the come moment out of the, they all the start coming out of the portals, you're just like, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, it just, like, I want to stand up and, like, jump around, like, and... I'm so excited when that happens. And I can rewatch that scene over and over. Definitely a hair-raising moment. 
Oh, yeah. So intense. But even before that, like very dark and emotional, you know, the the tone is sad and tragic. But yeah, that end scene, like that's that's all I can think about when I think of Endgame. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of like nostalgic because it's this end of an era of all these Marvel characters that you've like grown to love and care about. So I'm like not sure how Marvel's going to move forward. I don't think I could like possibly love any future characters the way that I've cared about these you know these ogs yeah the original you know iron man <laughs> black widow r.i.p america <laughs> yeah no I- you lead you lead with the, the the two who sacrificed i don't even know like how they were able to like so seamlessly talk about or show the stories of all the characters that we you know love in that one movie without it being so overwhelming and getting lost in like the detail so it's pretty impressive that they're able to totally. do that yeah, I came into I mean because uh, we'll talk about uh, Infinity War, but I uh, I came into Endgame with zero expectations um, that Endgame could be anything as engaging as Infinity War. I was like, they're they're gonna wrap it up. It'll be perfunctory. They'll they'll, they'll do do what they need to do. I'm gonna enjoy it. But they took it to another level. It's interesting to compare it to with Infinity War, and you know we'll talk about Infinity War in the next matchup. But all the things that we've talked about. I think go to show that it is a standalone film, which is something that I was really worried about when they first announced that the ending would be a two-parter. And then they made an effort to warn people, warn is not the right word, but to tell people that these are in fact standalone films and to not be dissuaded by this idea of a two-parter. And I thought that was, I thought they, they nailed it, but okay. We must go on. We're running behind. We got to put these two great movies to a vote. I will go first. It is a tough one, but I'm I'm going to vote in game on this one. I got to go in game too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's sad. This wasn't even a tough one for me. Lo- oh, love no. you, Guardians, but <laughs> in game, yeah. easy. Fair enough. Fair enough, Matt. What you got? I actually flipped through the course of this. Um, I was dead set um, coming in, and my vote doesn't matter at this point, but. I am not going to be contrarian because I flipped from Guardians to Endgame um, and not just because of like peer pressure love fest, but I, <laughs> I, I'm remembering the film in its full detail as a standalone and um, not just impressive, like detached. Oh, this is a good feat, but like this is this is a really enjoyable film that was done well. Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. All right. It's unanimous. OK, so our next matchup, Matt, take us away. Well, now we have a 6v7 matchup in terms of seating. Um, number six, Black Panther. Number seven, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, number six, Black Panther. T'Challa, heir to the hidden but advanced kingdom of Wakanda, must step forward to lead his people into a new future and must confront a challenger from his country's past. Seven seed, Avengers Infinity War. The Avengers and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. So there you have it. We got Black Panther versus Infinity War. I'll start it off with the lower seed, as I did in the previous matchup. So we'll go Infinity War first. I think there's a lot of similarities for what I could say with Infinity War and Endgame. You know, this idea of culminating a lot of things whilst continuing to tell an organic story and continuing to develop an ongoing story. 
but to contain it into a standalone film, all of which were discussed with Endgame. I, this is not revelatory, but it was Thanos's movie. And the decision to make it Thanos's movie was the right call. And it was finally us as an audience being allowed to, you know, meet him, understand him, see his motivation, see his thought process, and, you know, see his plan executed. And I thought it excelled exceptionally well at that. Matt, what you got on this? Well, I'll get into I, I, I have... Um... My first impression of the film is different than my current impression of the film. Um, I'll get more into my first impression later. This movie is breakneck pace. It is nonstop. I, I think the, I, the honest trailer to this movie puts it well. There's a lot of movie in this movie. It is just from the get-go. I mean, you have the death of a major character to kick it off. I mean, the like the, the sort of... Shocking is a strong word. This is still Marvel. It's not a shocking yeah, word. Right. It's, 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 it's a surprising murder of a character. I mean, it's telegraphed a couple minutes before, but still it's just like, oh, wow, okay, we're going for it. And then, you know, Thanos is going after the Infinity Stones, and, and it's like a race against the clock in a way that Endgame is not breakneck pace. It's a thrilling film. It's a thrilling film with a surprising ending, um, for the Marvel set, I was taken off guard. Even though I knew there was a part two, I think the Thanos having his moment um, in a very complete way was was a bold move by Marvel. Um, just the whole film is 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 like a um, is kind of like a, is a thrill ride with I think a lot of wit and thought poured into it and very rewatchable as well. Um, Catherine, what, what are your thoughts? I agree with both of y'all on everything you said. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was kind of shocking to me, though. Actually, shocking, Matt. Uh, <laughs> oh, use it, use murder, it. The murder of our main character right at the beginning, and and several more following throughout the movie. I feel like a lot of the death in the past movies was kind of like background noise, whereas this is like right up in your face. Like Thanos is murdering yeah. these people in your yeah totally and so it, it was kind of shocking to me but this is kind of like the first time we really see like oh thanos is like serious about his lack i don't want to call it stoicness it's too nice lack of respect for life like he's kind of you know in is it guardians guardians one he's kind of in the background with ronin like you don't really see what he's mm -hmm. capable of you see it a little bit more like when he's kidnapping gamora but you like really see it with the Asgardians. He just like slaughters them and you're, he's you know, he's, yeah, he's ruthless. You know, he's serious. So Especially with yeah. that takedown of Hulk. Yeah. With the takedown of Hulk. What a great introduction for Thanos too. Like that, that really set the tone for Thanos. You know, they could have had that scene play out, but without the moment with Hulk, we would not fully appreciate the power of Thanos. Marvel, I think is, is rightly criticized for its fairly lackluster action, which is true, but I think it's a testament to how good their storytelling is. Um, you know, it's it's a superhero genre that relies on its characters and its storytelling. And I think most people don't appreciate that. And I might bring that up later on in, the, in the, one of our prompts, but the decision to have that fight between Thanos and, and the Hulk was a very clever way to set the tone for Thanos. Well, and it like shows what the Avengers are really up against because they always have 
Hulk in their back pocket. Oh, like, yeah, he's going to take care of us. And then you just see him get like wrecked. Like the Avengers strong guy is just like humiliated yeah. by Thor, by Thanos. Sorry, not Thor. Yeah. <laughs> I think it took a lot of di- the MCU designers and writers and everyone who's involved in the creative process exercised a lot of discipline in carrying out the, the once upon a time in Hollywood logic of, you know, just um, cascading heavies. You know, you've got. It, it, it's sort of common. I mean, we can. I mean, it's the beginning of Infinity War. The, the film's been out for years. Um, in addition to the Hulk fight, you, you have the heavy of the Infinity Saga. Thanos killing the heavy of the first, you know, five, really five to six movies. Loki, and it's sort of. I mean, he's he's reformed. He's repented. He's changed. He's um, become a hero, and then he's killed. Um, but it just sort of shows because the discipline that they exercised in designing this story um, in Avengers, Loki is formidable. I mean, it takes all the superheroes on the, the biggest superheroes on the planet to unite against him. And then, I mean, he's just nothing. Thanos. I think now I'm reflecting a little bit on what I said earlier with the shocking deaths. I think so. I never watched any of these movies in theater. I saw them much later, like wait, like, a year after they came out. So I had seen like memes and stuff and I knew, you know, people are turning into ash. So I think these death, like I was expecting, I had, I had figured out, you know, there's going to be, I think Thanos wins. I think Mm -hmm. Thanos wins this one, but the deaths at the beginning with Loki and with Gamora and, and vision too, they, they felt like more permanent. Like, Oh, there's a part two. Like hopefully everyone comes back the people that turned to ashes, but like these characters, I, don't, I was like, Oh my God, I don't think they're going to come back. Like they're gone, gone. Yeah. I think there was, I think, you know, it is of course Marvel. So the stakes are, you know, I think they do a good job of creating what they can with the stakes, but I just want to pick up on one thing you, you said, which is at the end, ultimately Thanos wins. I think that is, the single most important aspect of Infinity War that Marvel, you know, I I think Marvel should be commended on many storytelling things they were willing to do that sometimes broke convention and subverted a lot of tropes of superheroes and action movies in general. But the willingness to have such a massive franchise and such a massive movie end on a low note with the villain straight up winning. Like there's no way to no other way to slice it. He won was hugely commendable and admirable and, and was totally legitimate. Okay. So the other movie in the matchup is black Panther. This was a hugely revelatory film. This was a huge achievement and should be hugely respected and was genuine and not pandering. And Marvel made the right decision with allowing Ryan Coogler to take full control and bring his vision to the screen and allow him to not only bring his vision to the screen, but work with the people he wanted to work with, who felt right for the project, on top of making a damn good movie, is just amazing. Amazing. It's yet again a film that had huge ambition and a lot riding on it. And it, it, it exceeded expectations. 
I have a lot to say about Black Panther. I mean, you touched on a lot of it. Super important culturally. I mean, you could just see and the support that it had and the effects that it had on Black America. Honestly, like it was great. Not only to like have the representation of a almost full black cast, all stars, it's it's great and it did so well. And I have kind of a weird story, but so this is one of the ones I watched on an airplane. Headphones in, the guy, the the old white guy sitting next to me taps me on the shoulder while I'm in the middle of this movie. And I look over at him, you know, take my headphones out, pause the movie, everything. And he starts talking to me about like why it's super over-exaggerated, like this movie's not that great, but people want to, you know, give it a claim because it's black people and it's not good and I shouldn't watch it. And I was like, one, why did you feel the need to, to tell me, pause this movie and listen to like these racist things that you're saying. Like, why, why do you feel the audacity to do that? But then I'm like, this is why this movie needs to be made. It's, it, no, it's a very strange, it's to, to elicit that kind of negative reaction is. Yeah. Is, is, it is, was shocking to me to, and I had not controversial. Like, it's not <laughs> controversial. It's not controversial. And I hadn't even gotten that far into it. So I didn't have a whole lot of thoughts about it yet, but I was affected by what he did. Yeah. That he felt the need to to stop me from watching it and tell me that it's, you know, not worth it. He's wrong. It's a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Again, with the representation, like, love, love a woman in science. We've got uh, T'Challa's sister. I'm also a woman in science, so. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> it's so cool that she's, like, a woman innovator designing all these really cool weapons. And, and, and in charge. And in charge. And, like really i don't know she's just cool i want to be her when i grow up um (laughs) but then also black panther is the first marvel movie where i felt really i guess connected to the whole community like i cared about the cultures i care about wakanda i felt like protective of wakanda at the end in a way that like i didn't feel about like for example i don't i don't feel that way about america and captain america like i don't care about the people i don't care about the country in the way that they make you care about like the history and the culture of the the people in the country and and the importance of the little purple flower. <laughs> what you were saying about feeling connected to the to the world, and in this case, Wakanda and its people. I think, you know, we talked briefly about this before the show, but I think what was really clever on Kugler's part, Ryan Kugler, of course, is the director of Black Panther, was that he gave voice to the people of Wakanda, not just yeah. the hero and villain of the movie. You know, all these movies are essentially just the hero story versus the villain. And you you brought up Captain America. In Captain America, we get a lot of great social and political dynamics at play, but we never are given, I mean, you know, we can make the connection and we can relate to it and sympathize with this idea of, you know, these massive aircraft carriers going up into the air and killing millions of people around the world and in the United States. But it's a connection that we have to make as people that are not developed within the movie. But in Black Panther, we, we you know, we get introduced into this into this country and into its history and into its its deep-rooted culture and we are literally given the point of view of the elders um in that great scene where they are debating with T'Challa what to do. Not only do we see and hear their perspective, their perspectives are not always in agreement with each other. 
and not always in agreement with T'Challa. You know, some of them side and and sympathize with Killmonger, and some of them, you know, are in support of T'Challa, and sometimes for various reasons. So it was incredibly rich storytelling, but one that was had a genuine effort of developing and allowing us to connect with the people and and the place. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but maybe you film people will know. I don't know. The storytelling just felt like so different. I don't know yeah. what it is. It, you're just more emotionally invested. Yeah, no, totally. I think Kugler's director, and 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 there, there's there's a there's a personal element, and it doesn't just come with I think identification um, with the characters on on either an identity or an experience level, but it's like there's a full on immersion in this world and this family and, and, and T'Challa's dilemmas that he faces, but even more than that, or maybe not more than that, but at least at the same level, Killmonger. So I think we have a matchup here between the two best villains in Marvel, like pretty, pretty much hands down because I can't think of a third villain that, that even comes close, maybe Loki sort of post-mortem, um, that's outside the scope of this discussion because that's post MCU. That moves from MCU to MCM when we go to you. Wait, what's MCM? Uh, Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. Oh, right, right. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure Feige is probably already float. They're probably already saying that behind closed doors. Oh, that's great. That's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it was invented at least, I don't know, probably years ago, but in my mind, two minutes ago. But <laughs> so Killmonger. Unlike Thanos, though, who's an absolute sociopath and delusional and deranged, um, and you can I mean, you understand logically what he's doing, but he's devoid of feeling. Like Killmonger, um, not only does his motivation make sense, but his goals are very reasonable and attainable. Um, they're understandable. There was a betrayal, betrayal and horrific crime in his past. And he's not just acting under revenge. He wants to achieve a goal that's going to help other people. You see that through the Daniel Kaluuya character, who's like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm leaning towards this guy because... You know, T'Challa is just doing what was done before, and there were problems with that. So that I think what what's what's definitely done in this movie, also though, is this is strange to say, is despite having this very complex character, there's still it's like there's still not like I, I know this is weird to say, but there's not exactly the moral ambiguity because Killmonger has gone over the edge to the point like where he when he basically is okay with his girlfriend dying. And, and like you kind of realize that he's got, so callous that that the mission is above everything, and what separates him from the hero is sort of that that humanity and 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 caring about individuals in his community, even. Um, and I think I don't know. I I've never thought I'd be arguing that like actually having a moral clarity in a nuanced story is good. But for, I think for a superhero movie that's dealing with such sharp issues. I'm sorry, sharp. So, so, so um, just, just so many important issues and 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 uh, in a complex story to also deal with like what can happen when you dull yourself to the suffering of, you know, others, whether people in your community or, or elsewhere. It's just like another layer on top in this movie that I think enriched it. I was not anticipating this at all. I mean, I, I was excited that Black Panther was coming out for reasons of representation, breaking new ground, but I was not enthused to see the movie not because i don't care about these historical important issues but just more i was worried that it was going to be sort of just checking boxes maybe more performative like we could do this like 
now, you know, Disney's like, we're fine. We're going to do something that we should do. Um, and I thought it was going to kind of be like, let's do something we should do. Let's do it the right way, meaning not the wrong way. But instead, this movie was to say it was that and, and not that and more, but was that in the best possible way it could be. Um, and it was, it was an amazing film. Two reasons I wasn't super excited about the movie is one, it's for your first introduced to the, who you think is the villain, Andy Serkis's character. I don't even know his name, but Ulysses Claw. Yeah, Ulysses Claw. And I'm like, this is a lame villain. When he showed up in Avengers 2 and and I then read, well, this is the villain of Black Panther. I was like, oh, come on. Who is like the villain's lane? And then Black Panther's introduced, and I think he has a good introduction in, 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 in uh, Civil War. But it's like, oh, we get his origin story. His father died. He avenged his father. He had to deal with feelings of vengeance, and he kind of like did the right thing. So what's the story going to be in Black Panther? And then I was kind of blown away. It's an understatement to say it took it to another level because those yeah. first two stories were uninteresting to me, and the, this actual story in Black Panther was was excellent. You know, you 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 hint at Black Panther being introduced in Civil War, and this is a testament of how well Marvel develops their characters and how well they interconnect the films, which is sometimes their their Achilles' heel. The common thing people say is that each movie at some point has to do the necessary work to involve that story into the greater Infinity Saga or MCU. But in this particular case with Black Panther, his introduction in Civil War was phenomenal groundwork for what would be be his arc in Black Panther. You know, they introduced him in in Civil War as, you know, his his dad is still alive and he reveres his dad and really looks to him for guidance. And then we get to Black Panther and how not only is Killmonger just a phenomenal a phenomenal character and you're absolutely right, Killmonger and Thanos are the by far the two best villains. But not only is he a great villain in this movie, the dynamic between T'Challa, aka Black Panther, and Killmonger is great because of the parallels and because of the effect that they have on each other. More importantly, the effect Killmonger has on T'Challa and how he changes T'Challa's thinking on a lot of issues and how that change Killmonger has on T'Challa affects T'Challa's relationship with his father. And we get that phenomenal scene where T'Challa goes, you know, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, where T'Challa goes back, you know, I forget what they call it in the movie, but the place where they see their their forefathers and they get to interact with them for a brief moment in time. And he has a sort of coming to Jesus <laughs> moment with his dad and says, no, you were wrong about so many things. And I have got to change things. Um, we cannot move forward like this. And it's all due to Killmonger. Like for a, yeah. for a villain to have that fundamental effect on on a character, especially the the main character, is phenomenal. And yeah, you you said it. Killmonger is you know Thanos is is an extreme version of Killmonger. Uh, you know, a, a complete sociopath with logic, but yeah, a complete sociopath. But Killmonger is totally ruthless. I used to underappreciate the the dynamic with the girlfriend. I used to think like, why is this a part of this movie? It seems like a strange subplot, but it goes to show that like he his mission is above all else. Um, and if it means he has to kill his girlfriend, so be it. But the moment of humanity, which was I think my absolute favorite 
scene in the movie is when Killmonger goes to see his forefathers. And instead of going and being in a jungle like T'Challa was with all the past Black Panthers, he returned to Oakland and got to speak with his with his dad. And his dad, you know, was not the cardboard cutout we took him to be. Killmonger became more extreme than his dad. And his dad was said, you know, you, you have gone too far. You are lost. And you can see the pain in Killmonger's eyes. You know, the acting in that scene is just phenomenal on Michael B. Jordan's part. This is maybe just me not always paying attention 100% to all the movies. But (laughs) this is where I feel like it's a little bit weak. I, like, didn't really even understand Killmonger's final goals. I understand that he wants to share the wealth and whatnot but or i don't think that the movie made it clear enough oh like he's working with terrorists he's kind of in charge too i thought that uh weird arm guy ulysses claw yeah (laughs) (laughs) i thought like oh like michael b jordan is working for him like he's kind of like yeah, the, the bottom of the chain. Yeah, the dynamics. There's a slight, there's a slight of cloth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I feel like that, I mean, I feel like that was just a little bit unclear. I agree. I think it's vague. But Matt, do you have uh, like an idea of what his goal was? Well, I think it's clearer than I'm just going to dump on uh, No Time to Die for a moment. I think it's clearer than, the, than Rami Malek's um, villain in No Time to Die's plot by far. And I know that's like a non sequitur, but I throw the shade where I can because we already did our Bond podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the just, I mean, basically, he had a totally different vision for Wakanda. And I think, I mean, wanted to sort of weaponize Wakanda against everyone else to, to protect it. Um, I actually, yeah, I, I think it's vague. <laughs> On the details, I, I, but it's it's Marvel. I think I think um, I think my viewing you you two viewed this more recently than I have, so I, I'm also foggy on exactly. One of the main things that stood out to me, which is still pretty vague, but was that he wanted to arm black people all around the world I mean, to sort of like rise up and liberate themselves. But there was, I think there was like a a hint that his, it wasn't just about liberation, but it was, you know, on the vert. And I think this is where his extremism really came into play. It wasn't just liberation. It was almost this idea of taking over and gaining control. And I think, I think it's a bit vague, like what, what his strategy was and what he expected of just like deploying weapons to random civilians and random people. So I agree with you. It was vague, but I sort of gave the movie a pass on that and and sort of viewed it thematically. But I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a bit vague. For me, I mean, I, when I mentioned I'd take this on Desert Island and, and watch two-thirds, um, really, I, the, the first two-thirds, I the last third, the exception for me is the final battle between Killmonger and, and, and T'Challa and their final scene I think is excellent. But the sort of Marvel CGI scramble, the battle, like a lot lot of sort of Martin Freeman kind of guiding us through. Like, I think the movie can do without him. I I don't quite understand why he's there. The only CIA good guy character in in, in Hollywood cinema. (laughs) Um, And and it's, yeah, I don't know why we were watching, um, you know, Bilbo Baggins go through. No offense. I like like Martin Freeman. I like the, uh, the British office. But I, I didn't know what he was what he was doing exactly. 
Uh, but yeah, that last third with a mix of the just, you know, CGI fighting, but not, not great, you know, not, not like Lord of the Rings level, not Avengers Infinity War Endgame level. I don't know. I, I wish that had been applied to make this a really, I mean, it's a home run, but I wish it, it was like a home run without kind of that extra, well, we have to have this, but right. let's get to the part with Killmonger again kind of thing. Right. Okay. So let's, let's put it to a vote. The matchup is Black Panther versus Infinity War. For me, again, this is an incredibly close one. Uh, to be honest with you, it's unfortunate that these two were paired. Um, and this is how it played out. But I'm going to give the edge to Infinity War. And I just want to contextualize why. You hinted at it, or didn't even hint at it. You you went into it, Matt, at the end. It is a home run. It is a masterclass in filmmaking. But there were elements that I think were unnecessary, like the Ross storyline and the the action at the end, I thought was was pretty blasé. It's just those two, what are pretty much minor things, are my excuses to give the edge to Infinity War. Catherine, what are your thoughts? I'm still deciding. I'm just going to blurt out like the uh, Black no. Panther. Black Panther. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that's for the guy on the airplane. That's for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. No, it's it's, it's tough. Um, and I. I would like to stick it to that guy on the airplane because I don't know what, I mean, that guy needs it stuck to. So are you going Black Panther? No, I'm actually going Infinity War. And it's the the thing is, the reason why I'm so rolling is because my reasons are exactly the same as yours, Cameron's. It, Cameron, that's why I ended with that. I want to provide the, I want to provide the context for, you know, what separates these two movies for me. If it honestly were any other film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'd probably have Black Panther win, but I don't. Well, it's hard to say. I, I don't want. I actually don't know when I'm going to vote in the final. If it had been any other film that we haven't discussed today, right, right. Well, it's interesting. So, so you had Black Panther on your Desert Island film. Yeah, well, that's what I, I sort of teased. You know, it was, and, and and I knew that I didn't flip this time. I came into this with Infinity War as my likely choice, whereas I went into the last one with Guardians of the Galaxy as my likely. Choice. Oh, nice. Okay. Wow. Um, but it's just, you know, I don't know. I think there were sort of these Marvel requirements put on, on Kugler where, you know, he's like, you have to have a battlefield scene. You've got to have a final battle. And I don't blame him at all. I mean, it's a, it's just it's sort of forced to do it probably. And Yeah. We now enter our final throwdown. We have Avengers Infinity War versus Avengers Endgame. Battle of the Avengers. I did not want this outcome, but though I, I agree with it fully. It's just like I, <laughs> it's the last two, well, not the last two, but you know, the final two Avengers movies facing off part one and two in the old formulation. Okay. So we have our final, our final showdown, Avengers Infinity War versus Avengers Endgame. I know we've already talked about both of these movies at great length. It, this is a fascinating matchup. <laughs> no. I agree with you, Matt. It's one that I think. I have no problem with this. It's a rightful matchup, but uh, it's fascinating comparing the two. And I think the main difference, one of the, the few differences, but I think a really important one is how how fast-paced Infinity War is and how taut it is. Endgame is just a different type of movie with a different vibe. And at no point in Endgame do I feel like it's slow or laborious. I, I was fully engaged at all times during both films. What do you guys think of this showdown? 
I think we could we could be close to voting because I think we've spoken a lot about both. One thing yeah. I will say about uh, Infinity War, and I sort of nodded to this earlier. And I, I Cameron, I, I saw it with you. I I did not like it that much the first time I saw. It by the end, not actually, I've only seen it once. <laughs> by the end, <laughs> um, it's just more thinking about it. At the end of the film, I was provoked at that not just because the the bad guy won, but because it was so unconventional. And it was Thanos' movie, and I needed a lot of time to process that. Right. I was like, this is gimmicky. I, this is gimmicky. You know, okay, we, they set us up to think that, you know, Thor was going to save us, and he failed. And now they're going to do some stupid gimmick to get out of it in the next movie. And the more I thought of Infinity War by itself, I came around. I came around to, to, to really, really love the film. And then when Endgame came out, I... Endgame won me over because it wasn't a stupid way to resolve it. It was a really cool way to resolve So there's only two other movies where I had this reaction with, and they all have something in common. Um, one of them has Scarlett Johansson, um, and that's Match Point, Woody Allen's Match Point. Oh, okay. All right. I hated that. I, I walked out of the movie furious. and But it's a similar... Th- these are movies with like dark endings that are unexpected. And the, the other is Gone Girl. I was so angry at the end of that movie the first time I saw it, and... I've come to a more favorable view of the movie since then. Yeah, but all the movies are like where the dark prevails, and it's really provoked me. And then over time, it, it's I've come to think, wow, that was a really, really good film. One thing I didn't mention earlier, which both of these movies share, I think only one film outside of these two come close to this. But both Infinity War and Endgame are absolutely hysterical at times. I remember when I saw this in theaters, and to this day, how many times I've rewatched it, I don't know. I still laugh out loud at the Thor Guardians interactions. I mean, this has been talked about a lot, but like their their chemistry is phenomenal. Do we think Thanos is right? Who is the victor of the MCU Thunderdome? I will go first. This is again one of those situations where it is essentially a toss-up, but we never really talked about it. But Captain Marvel is a real weak spot of in-game, and I despise oh, her. <laughs> and I am giving the edge to in-game wait, wait. solely for her involvement in in-game. So you're wait, wait, you're giving the edge no, no, to I'm giving, I'm giving the vote to Infinity War solely for her involvement in in-game. That's ridiculous. I mean, it is ridiculous. It is you, Captain Marvel has basically no impact on Endgame. <laughs> okay, she's, okay, that, she's barely in the movie. Okay, I'm gonna okay that that was I I, I apologize, Captain Marvel. I'm gonna give the vote to Infinity War because I'm so fascinated with Thanos, <laughs> and because Captain Marvel, <laughs> and because Captain Marvel sucks. <laughs> oh well, who who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go next. Unless okay. you want to go, Matt. Do you want to go? The final vote? Uh, whatever works. I'm, I'm, I'm ready after I've <laughs> taken apart right. Cameron's yeah, comments. You go. You I'll go. go. Um, this one's super easy for me. Like From the get-go, I knew I was like, if this makes it into... I knew I was going to make it into the top round, but I was I knew. In-game. Easy. Like That, that last fight scene, it just it gets me. It is pretty great. It's so good. Matt. So I hate I hate for history to repeat itself because we just sort of did this dynamic. Um, I also I also am voting for Infinity War, but it has nothing to do with Captain Marvel. Oh, 
Is it because it, Black Panther is in in game and you're just like so fed up with Black Panther? What are you <laughs> not going to vote for Black Panther? No, no. I, I that's not. I'm not Cameron. This is uh but no, um. So what's your reason? This is no. My reasoning is the same as yours, which is annoying to me because that's what happened last time. <laughs> that's why oh, I was right, like, right, right. no matter how we change the order, I still have to give the same reasoning as you. So I should have let you stick with Captain Marvel as your reason. Oh my god, like, were you making fun of me? Reasoning. And that is your reason? No, the Captain Marvel oh. is not my reason. I should have let you oh, stick okay. with that so I could. I, I think have. <laughs> I think Thanos is a compelling villain, and the fact that. Thanos wins and really what it is for me sorry is is the pace like the 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 the, the tautness of the movie and the pace and like I was rooting so hard for Thor Thor 1 Thor 2 I was like I'm not interested but by Thor Ragnarok I really really came to love that character and then the dynamic with the Guardians and then his hero's journey with the axe and for that to be just completely thwarted by a hair is really, really like a, a roller coaster. Um, yeah. And, um, but Endgame is, Endgame is incredible. It's just, uh, and it wasn't bloated. It was long, but it wasn't like it, it did, it wasn't too long. It was a perfect way to end the series. But Infinity War just, I, when I go through something like, man, I, I really pissed about that movie. And then over time, I'm like, oh, I really love this movie. That sort of weird roller coaster hooks me. So. Yeah, I think we can all agree that they were two phenomenal culminating films of the Infinity Saga. Would you all agree? Yeah. We worked really hard to get to Endgame, and it it paid off. Uh, I personally fought so many villains (laughs) up until Endgame. Okay. (laughs) It's really nice to get that victory. (laughs) So there you go. The winner of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Thunderdome is Avengers Infinity War. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Catherine, thank you for joining us. You were fantastic. Thanks Did you, for having me. Sorry it was so long. and That's okay. That's I, I'm glad that I got to have an excuse to rewatch all the movies again. So Yeah, and we'll probably watch them again soon. Yeah, I, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thanks as always. And of course, Spider-Man No Way Home is out in theaters now racking in crazy box office numbers so we are very excited to see how it compares to the other mcu movies and hopefully we'll have an episode on it to where we can break it down our theme song is by david huh you can find us on instagram and twitter at tinseltown thunderdome we are on all major podcast platforms please make sure to like and subscribe and leave a review to let us know how we're doing until next time thanks for listening